Please turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 6. Beginning at verse 24, would you read with me? No man can serve two masters, or either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast out into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto, unto the day is the evil thereof. This is a lesson from Jesus for us to learn how to live one day at a time. Actually, that's the only way we can live with any peace and with any witness to glorify God. May the Lord help us today as we embrace the theme, Teach Me Jesus. This is not about being saved. What it's about is being alive and witnessing that you are saved. The Sermon on the Mount is to God's people. I'm assuming that you're one of those. It want to bring us to our knees to realize what God has done for us by saving us by his amazing grace. You do know, don't you, that unless God intervened, we would go to hell and live there forever. You do know that. So I want us to take at heart how we should then live. The bird flies not to be a bird, but because he is a bird. The Christian lives without worrying not to be a Christian, but because he or she is one. 
So to live one day at a time is to live embracing God, not worrying or whining, but thankfully living one day at a time. Now it's something we can do and we ought to do. And I pray that the Lord would help us do it. And the time is now to do it. The reason this lesson is so important is there's so much mess in the world. There's so much chaos. There's so much negativity. There's so much hatred. There's so much uncertainty. Be reminded, though, that God does not change. When you wake up in the morning, whether you worry or not, God is going to still be God. He is not going to change. He is not going to leave you nor forsake you. And really, please know that the future is not in their hands. It's not in the government's. It's not in somebody else. It's not even in ours. It's in God's. And so we ought to have comfort and bless God in that. I pray that God would help us with this message. It's a powerful message from Jesus. He is the great teacher, you know. He is the master. And Mary sat at his feet and heard his word. And Jesus said, that could not be taken away from her. May the Lord bless us today. I want to try to say three things when I think about teach me, Jesus, to take one day at a time. One thing I want to say is this. we got to do it. When we might say, well, how can I do it, Jesus? What have you got to say about it? One thing is Jesus is saying here, you can't do two things at the same time. <laughs> you can't be in two places at the same time. Did you know that? You can't talk on your cell phone and have fellowship and visit with your family at the same time, though people try to do that a lot. We need to be mindful of the preciousness of our time. It's a gift from God. And how we value that time. You know, I remember I was sitting here in my chair just thinking, I remember the time when I got on a plane in Savannah, Georgia and flew to Charlotte, North Carolina. I met with a couple from another state. They signed a contract for a timber sale and I brought back a commission check for $32,000 in about three hours' time. I don't know where the money went. What I do remember is a more precious time is riding bicycles with my wife and girls in Callaway Garden and grandchildren. Now I remember that. I didn't get paid anything to do it. It cost me something, but it was precious. That's what we need to be thinking about. That is living one day at a time. You cannot take on all your problems altogether. Please know that you're going to have them. We're living in a sin-cursed world. But by God's grace, we're not living in His wrath. We are not the children of wrath. But we will have problems. You're going to have them every day, and God's going to measure them out to you. They have a quota. They do. And God knows how to balance them.
You see, God is a God of parts. He's a daily God. He's an everyday God. He teaches us to pray in the model prayer in this same Sermon on the Mount. Does he not say, Lord, give us today our daily bread? He doesn't say tomorrow. He says today. He says in Lamentations that his mercy is renewed every morning. In Psalms 90 verse 12, God says, teach us to number our days that our hearts may be turned unto wisdom. To really know and appreciate the value of time, God will have to teach us. Why, in our natural mind, we would like and spend more time counting our money than our time. But we need to count our time because that's what's precious. And I pray that God would help us do that today. I visited the other day with Sister Carolyn, Brother Leo Hotskis. You know Brother Leo's not doing well. I went over there and sat in that sunroom. It was a sunroom because God was there. And Sister Carolyn said, that's where Leo stays a lot, Brother Randy. There in the lounge chair, in the sunroom. But I sat there with he and Sister Carolyn and Brother Foy, and I said that as I prayed with them, I'm so humbled that God would put me in the midst of such people. Salt of the earth. Just a moment of time, and we visited a while, and I got up to leave, and I said, now, Sister Carolyn, you hang in there. And she said this, well, Brother Randy, we're just going to take it a day at a time. I said, you know what? That's what I'm going to preach about Sunday. (laughs) How many people have said that? That's so wise. But we've got to do more than say it. We've got to actually do it. The only way to, to live one day at a time is to depend on God. So my first point is one at a time. And Jesus says that, I think, really clear in verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, or it says in verse 24, no man can serve two masters. You can't do it. You can't do two things. You can't, you can't serve the world and serve God. You're right. This guy just told us. God's way is always the right way. That's exactly right. Now that's from the mouth of a child. And and you know what? We ought to know better, but we don't seem to act like it sometimes. And the one way that we can reveal our witness to God is to live a day at a time. And Jesus says, you can't serve two masters because you will love the one and hate the other or vice versa. I mean, you can't be a, a slave to the clock and really serve God. You can't. You can't do it. But when you think about how God operates, He's a God of parts. I heard a woman say the other day she was dealing with lots of physical pain. 
And she said, you know, says, I prayed. I said, to God, I cannot live this way the rest of my life. And she said, late that night, the God of heaven seemed to speak to her and almost say in an audible voice, you don't have to. I never ask you to live that way to left or to life. What I've asked you to live is that way today. You see, when you trust God, it doesn't always mean your circumstances are going to change or get better. But what it does mean is that God will give you grace. He gives it enough for one day. He doesn't give us all at once. Ecclesiastes 3 said there's a time for everything and purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to laugh and a time to cry. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. You see, God has a timing machine to his economy of grace. When he saves us, he doesn't take us directly to heaven. Normally, God takes us the long way around. And he does that so that we will prove to ourselves who he is. That we desperately need him and then as we trust him in the face of situations that we don't understand and we cannot do anything about. And we need to be thinking about how can we serve God. And the way we can do it is do it today, in this moment of time. See, you can't live in tomorrow. You can't live in the past. You can't do a thing about what's happened. If we're going to witness for God the way we ought, are we going to be able to forget the past and the mistakes we've made? And we're going to have to say, you know what? God is the now God. Okay? That's what should characterize us when we understand this one at a time. That's all you can deal with. One at a time. I think it was Hurricane Matthew came. I like a lot of y'all lost a lot of trees. And I remember this big pecan tree fell in my backyard and I was thinking, how in the world am I going to move that tree? That thing weighed several tons. You know how you move it? You cut it up in little pieces. You know how to move the problems in your life that seem so insurmountable? You do it a little bit at a time. You pray every day. You do what you can when God has given what God has given you, and it'll be enough. But don't let the tomorrow sap your strength for today. Okay? And that's exactly what it'll do. This word thought in this passage that Jesus used so many times means worry. See, we got to depend on God. But we got to do it for today because God gave his men in the Old Testament just for today. It wasn't that they could store it up. They tried it and it all rotted. You see, God is fresh. His grace is fresh. And we need to understand that and bless it. Oh God, I can do this today, just today, oh God. 
You know, a, a sobriety, an, an addict will say, I'm, they measure, I've been with folks, I've had them in my family, and I, fa- I think, frankly, that we're all addicts in a lot of ways, that, that they have told me, you know, I'm, I'm 128 days in sobriety. How many days? I mean, they're going to years. They, well, they don't say, well, I, it's been several years. He said, no, today. And I say to you, I'm going to twist a verse a little bit, but when the psalm tells us in 119, verse 71, many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. He does that every day. We also can say many are the addictions of the righteous, and they are. Oh Lord, keep me from sin today. And don't tell me you have to not deal with it because you do. You're not going to fool me or God. Because we need to understand how desperately we need Jesus every day. And one day at a time. Actually, salvation is is an eternal commitment. When you trust Jesus as Lord and Savior, God has given you your spirit, his spirit rather, and you're awakened out of your deadness and you embrace it. You are justified finally, freely, and forever. But in the other sense, every day you got to go back to God. Do not tell me that you've already repented and you don't need to do that anymore. You need to do it every day. Because that's the connection that God makes. It's a daily grace. It's a daily need that we have because He's a daily God. And Jesus is teaching us now, don't you get around and think you can serve somebody else or the world one day and, not, and then God the next. Don't think you can live a day at a time and five days or six days in the world and one day at church. You serve him. Bless him. One at a time. You can deal with what God's given you to deal with. I don't know about you. So many brilliant people in this congregation. I have a one-track mind. I can't deal multitask. It's not for me. That might, be, that might be the way they just kept it simple. Maybe God knows I can't, I'm not, I can't deal with it any other way. But for now, we need to say, oh God, that, that I'm, I'm going to serve you, oh God. I come to you, and you know what? What we do, no matter what our life has been, Jesus teaches that in another place, he said they all came at different parts of the day, and the workers in the vineyard, you remember? Some came early in the morning, some came midday, some came in the afternoon, some came about knocking off time, but you know, when they got ready to pay, Jesus gave them all the same. See, that's grace. That's why we're to redeem the time. Ephesians tells us that. I want to say something to you youth. You don't know how time goes by yet. But God says to remember this in Ecclesiastes 12, 1. He said, remember now, right now, the creator in the days of your youth while the evil days come not. See, that's what it is to focus on God. That's the understanding that it's important that we live today one at a time for God. Secondly, We're living on God's time. Remember that. You're living on God's time. 
God says that three score and ten years, a man of strength four years, then we fly away. I'm just about to get to the three score and ten. Seems like just yesterday. He says that in James, he says that our life is just like a vapor. You, you, you parents with young kids, you hang on to them. You love them every day. I know you do. But you know what? I know sometimes it gets kind of worrisome. It's a, it's a hard thing to do all the time, to do all you have to do. And I admire you for it. But I want you to know they're going to grow up so fast. And you're going to miss them. And so you love them. But you remember, they're God's too. But, but to know that we're on God's time ought to, to make us know. And, and as we look at these verses 25, we say, Therefore, Jesus said, you don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink. Because he said, you know, that is not what's important in life. That is not the most important thing. It doesn't matter uh, all the time that you have comfort and pleasure. What matters is that you live it a day at a time with God in the very center of your life. See, because we seek happiness from those things and we can't find it. The only happiness for a believer is God. And so he says, Jesus, don't worry about that because God looks after them. And how much more valuable are you? So this, these flowers and these birds, they're on God's time, and so are you. So it's not so much about fashion, it's about your faith. Because Jesus says you're worrying because where's your faith? A little faith. He says you got some, but, but it's not enough to have comfort in your life and to deal with the struggles that we face. And so we have to realize that God is a God of parts, and if we don't realize that, we're going to come apart. Live on God's time. What that means, God's given us a lot of time. You are no accident. You're not. You might have made some mistakes here in life, but I'm going to tell you, you are not an accident. You're on God's time, or you wouldn't be sitting in this congregation. I would not be standing here. You're on God's time. God has given you a time in this earth. And you breathe his air. And that humbles me so much sometimes when I think about the, how much time I've wasted that is God's. Do not waste God's time. And we waste God's time when we worry. We waste God's time when we don't work. See, really... Understanding to live a day at a time and not worrying, and Jesus saying not worrying about it, doesn't mean we don't have an insurance policy or we don't work. What it means is we don't sit down and worry about tomorrow. That's what it means. Stay busy. To know that we're on God's time. God keeps up with your life. You know that, don't you know? He knows every thought. <laughs> Well, that scares me a lot. I know in my life this, I'm going to tell you this, when I do nothing, I get really sinful. You know, we're living in a world, our government, our socialistic government will say, well, you don't need to work, I'm going to just send you a check. And so people get sorry. But they also get sinful. 
See, the more you work, God says, a man that won't work, that will not work, neither shall he eat. That's what God says. You look at these birds and these flowers, you know, when they're doing what God's created them to do. I heard the birds singing this morning before daylight. They got out there and they were singing before they went to work, scratching and patting their nest and, and doing all they do. But they sure weren't worrying about it. My little grandchildren, you know, they don't worry about what's happening in the world. <laughs> and neither should we. When we do, what we're telling the world is, well, I, I don't really know if I believe in God or not. Do you really believe God is in control of all this or not? Here's another deal I want you to think about. Because the reason we're not living the way we ought to, we're not thinking enough. If we really didn't, Jesus had said, think about it. Notice these birds and flowers. Who did that to them? Who takes care of them? God does. Jesus wants you to know that. So, God is going to take care of you and me. And so we then trust God in that, and then we work even harder to be motivated by His grace because we're working on His time. You know, in, in John 11, uh, Jesus goes to Lazarus, and Lazarus is dead, and they say, we need to go. The disciples tell Jesus, and Jesus says, are they not 12 hours in a day? What Jesus is saying is, you know, you just got to live a day at a time. You can't just say, I'm going to change things. I'm going to make, you know, you do it a day at a time. But we live on God's time. Here's something I want you to think about, too. You cannot die. Until God has finished with you and the work that he has to do. You understand that? You believe that? Now, if God is sovereign, that's how it is, ladies and gentlemen. You can worry about where I'm going to end up or what nursing home I'm going to have to go to. I'm going to have enough to make this or make that. But I want you to know that God is taking care of you. Because you're on God's time. And then lastly, we just have one time. Jesus says in verse 31 through 34, Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, therefore? Or what shall we drink? How we should be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. That's referring to non-believers. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. Do you not believe that God knows what you need? He absolutely does. He's going to give us what we need. It may not be what we want, but it's going to be the best thing for us. That's how God does it. We need to see too that, but you seek first. The one thing we seek is what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto us. So to live one day at a time, what we need to start every day of is seeking God and his righteousness. That means obeying. You know, one of the things I think we, that calls the word, we just, just flat disobeying God. Don't put off to tomorrow what you can do today for God. Have you been baptized? 
I'm talking about water baptism for you in here that believe Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Well, I don't know. Why not? Well, I don't have time. Well, I don't feel like it. I'm going to tell you, God is not blessing us to live a day at a time by how we feel. God is blessing us to trust him and live by faith and do what he says because we're on his time. And he says you do it one day at a time, one thing at a time, for one purpose at a time, and that is to honor God and seek him. And he says all these things will be added to thee. That's what he's talking about, the peace and righteousness. So how do we do it, preacher? We do it like this. We rejoice. We even rejoice at the evil in life, not because of the evil or sin, but because of how God uses it for our good. We pray without ceasing because that keeps us focused on God. Listen, God is your day planner. Even James says, do not say, tomorrow I'm going to go down to the store and buy something to this city or next. You say, if it be the Lord's will. You have a situation that you say, God's going to plan my day. And I'm going to live it God's way. I'm going to try to. One day at a time. And if I fail, I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to say, God, forgive me. Cleanse me from my, unsin- my sinfulness and unrighteousness, oh God, and use me and bless me. Help me redeem the time. See, we come to church and we have a certain time to be here. Certain time to quit. You know, it's not God's time. I mean, it's God's time. It's not ours. But we've been brainwashed to say we can't focus over 20 minutes at a time. We've been brainwashed to say, well, you know, we come to church from 11 to 12 or 10 to 11 to 30 and we got to go. When we ought to be saying, oh God, this is the one time. See, because we'll never be in a congregation like this ever again. Did you know that? Like this very day. This very day, the very thoughts and what the Holy Spirit is doing here will never be here just the same way. See, that's why it's just like a sunset. Every day's different. Every day is so exciting because God is doing something. Every day. He says, take no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought of things of itself. Sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. Well, gosh, I've just touched a, a, a big lesson in a small way, but I hope you get the gist of it. What Jesus is teaching us is we can't be in two places at the same time. We're going to have to surrender our day to God. And we're going to have to trust Him so much not to let the news media or the world rip us and, and, and rank us and jerk us around and, and somebody else in our life upset us so much that we miss the peacefulness of being near to the heart of God. Because that's precious time. 
And Satan will do anything he can to get your mind off of God. You watch it. He will do it. Because he knows the power, the peace, the felt presence of God. So may the Lord help us to see the need of living one day at a time. Of understanding whatever we call to do, you can do it just for today. And that's all God's asking you to do and me to do, just for today. When it comes your time to die and my time to die, God will give us grace to do it. Hey, I have experienced that being with people. God can do it, does do it. He knows exactly what we need. He knows what's burned in your heart right now, every one of you, he does. But please know that nothing can come into your life that is not of God's will. That is a mouthful. Because some things are hard to swallow. But my friends, I am not trying to stand up here and promote a God that's standing over in the corner somewhere or patting his foot wondering why these people don't straighten up. I am talking about a God that's ruling, a sovereign, holy God with a Savior that died on the cross of Calvary, shed his blood for every sin we've ever committed or ever will, that now ever liveth to make intercession for us, so that when Satan accuses us, Jesus looks at the Father and says, I've saved him by my grace. My blood is shed for him. May God bless us one day at a time. Today is the day of salvation. This is the day the Lord is made. Let's be glad and rejoice in it. We have every reason to. <laughs> I promise you. Every reason. Because this world is just right on time. It's just right where God's having it go. It's going to end one day. Right at the right time. Just like when Jesus came. The first time. He's coming back. The second time. Until then. May God help us to live one day at a time. Would you bow with me? Lord, we thank you for the hope of a daily life with you. We thank you, Lord, for never giving us more than we can stand for one day. And yet, we thank you, Lord, that it's enough to know that even that one day's worth has to have your help. Thank you, Lord to enable us to live by your grace. Help us not to waste your time. Help us, O oh Lord, to know that we only have one life and soon will be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.